Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, despite the horrible weather. Oh, it's nice in Dundee. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's You're just saying that. No, it's beautiful. (laughs) Sharon will back me up. She's a Dundee gal. She is proud. Proud as well. I know. What were you going to ask? Sorry, how was... Your first Father's Day? It was very great, thank you. Very good. Got some nice posh chocolates and a nice card and a, a baby grow for uh, that says Dad's no my hero or something like that. Oh, Daddy's my hero. Aww. Um, so very 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 cute. Okay, brilliant. So let's get down to the first question. So Kirsten is asking about sugar. Mm-hmm. She says RDAs, so recommended daily allowances. Um, why are they set where they are and how accurate are they? This isn't necessarily a fat loss question, but probably more of a nutritional question. You go ahead for this one, Emma. No, no, you go. Okay, cool. So RDA, so recommended daily amounts are put together by, I think, in the, I'm not quite sure, to be honest, if it's actually RDAs for our, the UK or if it's, it's kind of more kind of world RDAs, if that makes sense. I need to maybe look into that. Uh, do you, do think, you know, Emma? I think they're normally set based on country. Are they cool? So yeah. they're just basically the, the kind of minimal um, amounts either way based on what you should be getting into your diet and what you kind of shouldn't be getting into your diet. So what I mean by that is it will say the RDA for, I don't know, um, let me think of a nutrient. Think of a nutrient. Fiber. Fiber, for instance, might be... Or, you know, like all vitamins sort of have yeah, like recommended daily exactly. allowances. Yeah, exactly. So let's just say vitamin C's, RDA's, a, a thousand milligrams a day or something like that, or 500 milligrams a day. That will most likely be the lower end of that kind of suggestion. When you look at other things such as protein, the RDA for protein or the RDA's for carbohydrates, a lot of that can be the lower end too. So you're not really... It's not yeah, really... Pro- like yeah. protein is especially low. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't apply to people that are fit and healthy or, and kind of training. It's more for sedentary populations, trying yeah. to prevent them from eating too much of the and, quote unquote bad stuff and kind of getting a bit more of the quote unquote good stuff. Yeah, I guess the, the real issue here is that, and I'm, you know, we can pick apart what someone else has written all the time like you could pick apart all the rdas and i'd agree with like very little of them yeah however if someone said okay you set them i'd be in the same awful position because you're setting such generic um recommendations like yeah. this is recommendations for everybody yeah that, so that's 65 million itself, people in the uk so. it, like in itself that's ridiculous like why yeah. would anyone ever do that it makes absolutely no sense yeah. um in terms of sort of sugar why it's set where it is um it's more i think it's more the additional sugar that you should be avoiding Mm -hmm. so you know you could easily surpass your rda just from um having like a good variety of fruit in your diet but yeah that's not where most people get their sugar you know if you look more at added sugar so you want to avoid things with loads (coughs) of added sugar in not necessarily because they're bad in the context of a diet but just purely because they tend to be overeaten yeah um and there's a very little nutritional value in say something like coke which has a lot of sugar in it um so yeah i don't know if that totally answers your question i know kirsten's quite clued up so she's probably more interested in 
like where do these recommendations come from how much should I rely on them you know are they applicable to me and I'd say largely no and it's it's not even that they're wrong it's just that they're so generic that there's not you know I guess basically that like it it has to be so generic yeah definitely same thing applies to my fitness pal that's why we tell people as on one of the videos as well one of the instructional videos to ignore the recommended RDAs and when things flash up telling you that you've eaten too much of one thing or too little of other things as far as the nutrients etc are concerned like just completely ignore them because that is not you as an individual that's not what it sets you're not going to eat the say exactly the same foods seven days a week so you're not going to be missing out on vitamins etc every single day of the week as well so that's not something that applies to you whatsoever so just ignore generally if you're one of our members which you are ignore the rdas that are set by nhs and my fitness pal and all that kind of stuff yeah and i mean actually if you do try to stick to them every day i think that's actually a negative because it would mean that your diet has to be so um predictable and you're not getting the variation that you need um also side note are you wearing headphones am i yes oh okay you don't sound great no why no it like really really loud (laughs) I'm really loud. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll take them out then. See if it's... Oh, I did it, did it. Okay, try now. Now I can't hear Jonathan at all. Doesn't that sound better, guys? <laughs> Joking. Um, I wonder if he's coming back. Well, I shouldn't have said anything, should I? I'm going to move on to... Am I going to move on? Is he going to come back? Sorry about this, team. Also, as you know, we don't edit podcasts. So, yeah. He's back. Uh, right. Maybe just I, leave the headphones in. Yeah, let's leave the headphones <laughs> in. Sorry that I said anything. Don't okay. Worry. So, Emily's question. What has the greatest effect on fat loss? Hit sessions, weights, AMRAP, so as many rounds as possible, PHA, what's that? Uh, I don't know, something that's probably quite new or either that or we've not heard of it. Mm. Um, Or steady state cardio, or is it all about a combination while in an energy deficit? She says, as you can tell, I'm clueless. You're not clueless. It's a good question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, any question is a good question. So I don't think that that's the case. In terms of fat loss and only fat loss, you know that the biggest predictor of that is um, a calorie deficit. So the amount of calories you are under your maintenance levels. Um, and the biggest way to create a calorie deficit is probably going to be steady state cardio. But that doesn't necessarily mean... So in terms of fat loss, and I'm just giving... This is the right answer, but it doesn't mean it's applicable. So for fat loss only, if you came to me and said, all you need to do is lose fat, then yes, probably steady state cardio. And in fact, even if you came to me and said, all I want to do is lose weight, because what you will end up doing is probably losing a bit of muscle as well, because you're not stimulating that muscle to grow. You're almost doing the opposite. So cardio an adaptation to that would be probably to reduce some of your muscle mass. Now, the reason we get you doing weights 
is because we want you to look good as you lose weight. So you don't want to look sort of skinny fat. You want to have a nice shape. Um, performance is important. So even on the very basic level of you've come to us because you want to look good. You know, people say they want to lose fat. Really, they want to look a certain way. And part of that is building or at least maintaining muscle mass so that you've got a nice shape and you don't just look, like I said, sort of quote unquote skinny fat. Um, that's why weights are so important. And when you look at the grand scheme of things, exercise during your day is about an hour, sometimes less. And the amount of calories you can burn in that time is very short in comparison to the rest of the 24 hours. So what we always emphasize is that the hour you spend in the gym should be spent building muscle and the other 23 hours should be spent, you know, creating this deficit. If that's your goal is fat loss and create this deficit through diet and activity levels. That's why we're so anal about your step count. And we're like, get your activity levels in, do this, this and this because that is going to have a much bigger impact than the hours cardio you spend on the cross trainer. Um, anything to add, Jonathan? No, no, I think that's, that's perfect. And I think when people come to doing cardio or wanting to do cardio, it really comes down to which one they enjoy the most um, as well. Because if, let's say on paper again, steady state cardio is the most effective at kind of burning calories kind of from that kind of standpoint, but it bores the hell out of you and you're less likely to do it or you kind of miss that kind of, the kind of endorphins that you get from doing high, high, I can't speak, high intensity work such as like Emma's finishers at the end of workouts, et cetera, then yeah, obviously you want to pick what, what you're most likely to do, what you enjoy the most. And that's, that's a big factor of adhering to your workouts too, is the enjoyment. So that's one thing I like. This is true. And so, for example, like I, I, I don't prioritize cardio, but for me, getting up and doing something active is important. So whenever I'm doing my emails in the morning, I normally do that like on the cross trainer. You know, so it's not I don't even really see it as cardio because I'm like, well, OK, well, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm getting up I'm feeling active. I'm getting my steps up a little bit um, and I'm doing my emails at the same time. Now, I would go outside and walk, but I'm not very good at like walking and emailing. It can get a bit, you know, you can walk into like lampposts and stuff. So for the sake of safety, I do that on like the bike or something. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay, so next question. Okay, we've got one. Nicola says that she posted a few questions in the eight-week group, but I can't find them. Okay. Um. But anyway, let me miss. So I have got some other questions. In the graduates or in the eight-week group? She says eight weeks. Can you find that? Um, Might be on. I can have a little look while we type it. While we just ask the next question, I'll see if I can find them. Okay. So next question. I've pressured Debbie into asking a question. She says, "What is the best way to up your protein? I struggle with this daily, even when I'm having three big meals, all with protein in." And how do I get protein up without blowing calories? And then Lucy says, oh, no, wait, that's a different question. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So I'm going to say some things that might seem very patronizing as well, but not everybody thinks of this. So you're already eating three times a day. So you're getting large protein servings three times a day. One of the quickest ways of upping your protein and simplest ways is, again, simply by eating more protein. So if you're having 100 grams of chicken breast, or 100 grams of beef, like lean mince, etc. have 150 grams. That's going to add on 
another 10 to 15 grams of protein per meal. So if you're looking at that across the day, that's an extra 30 to 45 grams. So that's a really, really simple way. Another way of keeping calories low is just to make sure that your protein sources are lean and low fat generally. So um, not, not obviously you want to make sure that you get enough dietary fat in your diet anyway, but if you're just having red meats, if you're just having full fat yogurts, if you're just having things like protein bars, which isn't high fat, but it's high carbohydrates, it's got more calories, that's going to really bump up your kind of calorie intake. So just making sure that whey protein, things like whey protein shakes, lean turkey breasts, lean minces, lean chicken, um, lean beef, etc. White et fish, prawns. White fish, prawns, yeah, absolutely. Um, all those kind of things. Tofu, most, obviously, most... Um, I'm sorry, but tofu tastes like absolutely nothing. Yeah, it does. You need to really, but really season I guess, it well. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. You can Because I, I had it the other day, like, I didn't really normally have it, but yeah. obviously it was in the reduced section, so <laughs> just picked that up. And... Um, yeah, tastes like nothing. Yeah, but, absolutely. And then I guess, yeah, you can season it. Yeah, I think so, it's, it normally comes in meals that are flavoured with vegetables, etc. too, which is a bit, kind of makes it a bit better when I've been to yeah, Japanese I had restaurants. It, but... Yeah, I had it in a stir fry. It yeah. was, you know, average at best. But, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and outside of that, potentially adding in protein shakes as well. So I know just from looking at everything, Debbie, that your calories are normally quite low anyway. So you're not exceeding your calorie target from your check-in so you've still got room to play and room to kind of add in protein so i don't think it's going to be an issue for you to get your protein up to 100 grams at least um, just from simply doing that so eating more protein per meal so even though you're eating protein per meal like eat more or adding in a protein shake and just making sure that you're keeping your protein sources lower calories so your lower fat or lower carbohydrates to really be able to get in fruit veg um, fats and other kind of nutrients um okay next question lucy <clears throat> i often find when doing shoulder exercises towards the end of my set my neck starts straining or i activate my traps is there a way to stop this um basically everyone does that because it's getting harder and you're trying to pull in other muscles to try and like improve that move or make that movement possible <laughs> um ways to stop that would what i sometimes do is like a rest pause set so say Actually, today I just set myself a random task. Sometimes when I'm not that motivated in the gym, I'll just be like, right, I want to do lateral raises, but I'm going to do 50 in as little sets as possible. So obviously your form's going to go, but as soon as my form starts to go, I'll have a rest. Yeah. So what you could do, even if you're doing, say, three sets of 12, and normally we say, like, you, know, you don't want to be resting in between, but it's better to get 12 good set, good reps, even if you had to have a, race, uh, a rest at the eighth rep for example mm -hmm. so even and i don't mean a long rest i just mean sort of five seconds and then you get out another four um reps that are in better form and it's really actually impressive that you're noticing this and you're like oh my form's actually going i'm trying to like hunch my back or i'm bringing in my neck or you know whatever it is um and traps are yet yeah, something that often gets engaged when we're sort of fatiguing yeah i agree yeah absolutely um so that and alongside the fact you're already noticing it and you're trying to avoid doing that if you need to lower the weight lower the weight it, there's nothing wrong with that better to do especially so you're talking about shoulder exercises and in my head I'm looking at you doing lateral raises mm -hmm. people go way too heavy on them and you know I, I know big bodybuilders that, that I've trained with and they go light on them you know, if you're using that muscle the right muscles um 
then you can't lift very heavy on a lateral raise. And if you're doing it with good form, you're never going to lift very heavy on that. I'd say um, as a female, when, if you're lifting more than nine kilos on a oh, lat way raise. way less than that. Yeah. I'd say, you know, I'd be like, I do lat raises. Not that I'm really, really strong, but <laughs> I probably wouldn't go over eight. And if I was, then I'd be doing sort of partial reps or something mm-hmm. just to sort of bend out. But if I wanted really good form and really to isolate that muscle, I'd be looking at like six, six. And then often with assistance exercises as well, I'm very keen on not loading them heavy. So if you want to work your shoulders hard, lift heavy overhead, your shoulder, your shoulder press, you know, your big compound movements. Mm -hmm. After that, get your form right, go much lighter and you're doing higher reps for the assistance exercises there's no point trying to do really heavy, heavy reps for assistance exercises. And actually with most of my one-to-one clients, I didn't even look at if they're progressing in them in terms of weight mm-hmm. after a while. So maybe a complete beginner who's maybe starting on two kilograms, they might progress up to six or something, but I'm not impressed if one of my clients is like, Oh, I got a PB on lateral raises today. I'm like, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, definitely. I want to see your PB on the compound movements that, yeah. you know, actually show progress and strength. Definitely. So if I'm seeing, you know, if they're telling me they keep PB in on lateral raises, probably because their form's going to crap and they're bringing in other muscle groups. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you're lifting the same weight, if you get up to a weight, obviously quite quickly, you improve your strength quite quickly. But even if, if you're lifting the same weight on lat raises, forever like i think yeah. that's not i mean i yeah. i basically do that forever but say that your shoulder press before that is improving so say you you're improving your weight on that the lateral raises will still be harder because you've worked harder on the shoulder press yeah so it's not like they'll get really really easy or anything it's just that movement yeah I think the I same think, thing applies sort of for bicep yeah. curls, etc. as well. Like people, Oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Get as heavy as possible on a bicep curl. <laughs> what? Exactly. Yeah, people expect, like, the same, because obviously they understand how to progress, etc. Um, but they kind of get confused with the factor that, like, your biceps are such a small muscle. Adding on, and if you look at, say, your bicep curl in 10 kilos... Speak for yourself, kilos, Jonathan. My <laughs> biceps are massive. <laughs> so if you say, like, let's say your bicep curl in 10 kilos, like a 10-kilo weight, then the next step up is normally 12 kilos. You're adding on, like, 20% yeah, straight away. Yeah. yeah, But if you compare that to a squat, let's say you're squatting 50 kilos and you need to go up to 52.5 kilos on your next workout, that's what... What's that? 2%? No. 2.5%? More than that. Yeah, well, you know it's I mean? very little plus look yeah. at the size of your, you know, big working leg muscles. It's a compound movement compared Absolutely. to this tiny, tiny, well, Jonathan's a tiny bicep, <laughs> but, you know, it's a small movement. Anyway, I think we've kind of covered that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, other Debbie, she says, hi, wondering what you think of HRV, which I assume means heart rate variability. No, wait, HRV, heart rate variability. Is it not Okay, yeah. cool. Because somebody said hormone replacement therapy. So like, no, that was that. me that got confused. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> um, um, she says, I've been doing this along with mindfulness, trying to combat the dreaded menopause. I'm not sure what exactly she means about combating menopause because I, you know, as much as mindfulness is great, it's not going to stop you going through menopause, mm. but it may help you deal with the symptoms of um, and again, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by monitoring your heart rate in terms of how that's going to affect you as you go through menopause. You may see differences mm-hmm. in it, but then what would you do 
as a result of that. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, we did actually cover this last week. So if you want to listen to that episode, we went into quite a lot of detail about heart rate um, variability and monitoring that and how that relates to your recovery and your training and who it might be applicable to and who it might not be applicable to and when you might use it. But we did actually spend about, you know, a good at least 10 minutes talking about that. So mm -hmm. th what episode was last week? Oh, God knows. 13, I think. Yeah, so if you check that one out, because Senga asked a question about that, and I remember because I was like, oh, hormone replacement therapy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, no. Yeah, <laughs> so we did speak about that at quite a lot of length. Anything you want to add on that? Or? No, no, I think that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I can't see how that would kind of prevent, or not prevent, because you can't prevent it, but kind of that would actually help with things like menopause. Um, yeah, as I mean... You probably will find that as your symptoms progress or as you go through menopause, like your heart rate does vary depending mm. on the day, depending on how you feel. And you may want to use that, you know, if you've got a particularly high heart rate and you're not feeling great, that might be something to say, okay, let's ease off training for yeah. a few days. Or like you're not like going to be able to control your kind of your heart but rate yeah, you fluctuations. Can't, yeah. yeah, you can't control it, which is a good thing. Um because then we can use it to sort of monitor how you're recovering and how you're progressing. But um, I don't know, like there's not really, like you wouldn't be like, oh, my heart rate's high, so I need to do this. Or, yeah, it's like yeah, me it's... saying I'm going bald, so I'm going to massage my scalp, that kind of thing. It's not really, it's not going to prevent it or it's not going to like, yeah. benefit it or doing a certain exercise to, I don't know, stop myself getting shorter. I don't know, as I, as I age, it's like the same kind of thing. You can't prevent it. Okay, so Anna's question. Um, why could a calorie deficit give me restless legs at night? It drives me insane and it vanishes if I put my calories up. <laughs> Is this you um, wanting to eat more food subconsciously? <laughs> and I'm not saying this in a... I don't mean this in a kind of you can't stick to your diet or you're struggling kind of way. Like some people really... This is my first point. Some people really look for reasons to eat more food um and mine is what's my kind of main reason to eat more food um well, i'm trying to get more i'm trying to get bigger i'm trying to add size so i'm just going to eat some more calories tonight and then it kind of doesn't benefit me the next day because i want to get leaner again so that's my kind of main kind of thing that pushes me towards that if it's not anything to do with that at all it can mainly like some people do when they're in a calorie deficit um find it can affect their sleep and not everybody's the same, obviously, as we always kind of talk about, but some people find it a bit more difficult to personally get to sleep um, or they find they're kind of more awake later on at night or um, they wake up during the night, etc. too. And that's just something that I've noticed anecdotally. I'm not sure if there's anything on that as far as research is concerned, but just working with clients and clients that do bodybuilding shows when they're extreme in extreme deficits, which nobody will really need to be on unless you kind of wanted to go down that road. But um, that's something yeah, we're that I've kind of about noticed like very low yeah. body fat levels for that um yeah. but yeah i have i've noticed that as well that some clients do have like more like or not as good sleep when they're dieting yeah. um a few a few things that that could be like what i guess the first one would be that if you're hungry going to bed you're mm -hmm. often like oh i just want to wake up and eat or you struggle to get to bed so having a meal later on at night um also having a higher carbohydrate meal in the evening can improve your sleep as well 
Um, yeah. What was the other thing? Yeah, so on a, there's also another um, interesting kind of reason that this might be. But again, it's much more for people at very low body fat levels. Mm-hmm. But on a sort of evolutionary response, when you are when you have very low energy levels, you've got low body fat levels and you're not eating very much. So say you're doing a bodybuilding show. If you were like, you know, taking back to evolutionary times, like that is the time when you need to find food. Yeah. So you almost there's a hormonal reaction that gives you that bit of extra energy and sort of alertness because you need to forage to find food. Like you need to go and I don't know, hunt down an antelope and catch it or whatever. Or, I don't know, find some berries, hunter-gatherer type thing. But that, you know, from a physiological response, people think that that might be part of why sleep isn't as great because they've got this sort of drive to find food, which gives you that bit of a boost of energy, um, which is quite an interesting concept because even though you probably feel quite lethargic in some ways because you physically don't have that much energy, um, you've sort of got this boost of energy to go and find food. Um, so that's a survival of the fittest sort of um, approach to that. Yes, I don't know about the, sort of the crazy leg shaking. Yeah. Um, and I will say another thing that sort of Jonathan brought up, which was that, you know, often we, it's almost like being a bit of a hypochondriac. Um, not that this situation is that, but often I'll have clients say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a bit tired. I think I need to increase my calories. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Even if you were eating, I'm like, what have you done this week? And they're like, oh, work's been so busy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, even if you were eating, you know, at, at, in a surplus, you'd still be tired. Yeah. Like food doesn't just give you endless energy. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there are situations where you will need to eat more because you need a bit more energy. But if you've got body fat to lose, there's your store of energy. Yeah, like exactly. That is, it's stored energy. So sometimes when you're tired, it's not because you need to increase your calories. It's because you've got a busy life and everyone gets tired sometimes. Like oh, definitely. People eating a lot of food get tired as well. And But you just sort of, because you think, okay, this is something I've changed. I'm now on a diet. Like that must be what's making me feel tired or that must be what's making this happen. And often it's not the case. It's just purely, you know, you're tired because everyone gets tired sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even myself, like I'm not very, it's very rare that I'm in a kind of calorie surplus. Um, and I mean, I'm, I get like six, seven hours sleep a night and I work all hours during the day. I train once or twice a day as well. Like, of course, I'm going to be tired. Mm-hmm. Like, I can eat yeah, 5,000 calories By the end of the week, you're going to be tired regardless yeah. of how many calories you've eaten. Absolutely. And I think as well, hard. yeah, definitely. I think as well when it comes to that side of things, it's, it's especially we notice it when somebody's maybe not used to being in a calorie deficit and it's like two or three days in and they'll say, oh, I don't have any energy for the gym and all that kind of stuff. And they're in a, they're eating... 200 calories less than they were before for instance um that's a common one yeah and it's more the fact that you know they've not slept very well or they had a big Mm -hmm. weekend or yeah absolutely and they're used to eating yeah i'm uh, i've looked in every group and i can't find nicholas questions i can't find nicholas questions either i've even i've even gone back to previous podcasts when from the group that she was in and looked where there's no questions so the only thing so nicola Find those questions and ask us again and we will answer them and we're very yeah. sorry that we can't find them. There was one more question I saw which we've not answered yet and I, can't, I think it was Anna that answered it and I can't find it now but it was definitely for this podcast and that was to do with um, 
it was maybe one of the new questions the amount of muscle that you have affecting something to do with did, have you got it there have you got more questions there Emma? no no it was to do with it was something along the lines of how can i eat more calories or something like that because can i build more muscle or does does having more muscle mean i can eat more calories i'm not aware that it does and also what was the next point on that question if i can wrap up my own brain does um or are there any other ways am i always going to have to eat this amount of calories to burn fat or do i need to increase expenditure didn't we answer that last week did we? I thought yeah, that was in the news. I, I specifically remember talking about this, but we can go over it again. But um, all right. So it was I the question. Bit, so it starts with um, uh, the does muscle having more muscle mass mean I can eat more calories? And the very simple answer to that is yes, but a lot less than what you think. Um, yeah. Partly, yeah. So it will increase what is called your basal metabolic rate. So the amount of calories you need just to maintain your body at the moment. Um, But to a very small extent, which is extremely over-exaggerated in most people. Further to that, although you can increase your muscle mass like relatively to a larger extent, Mm -hmm. if um, if you're new to exercise, even at, you know, like a newbie, the amount of muscle mass you can build as a woman is unfortunately not all that much, which means it's really not going to affect your basal metabolic rate very much. And in fact, when you look at research showing sort of the correlations between basal metabolic or like your physique and basal metabolic rate, the biggest predictor by far is just your weight. So, you know, you if you were... Yeah, the the slight changes in body composition between two people that weigh the same isn't going to have a large effect on your basal metabolic metabolic rate and thus the energy that you need to maintain your weight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's literally like five to nine calories per pound. So if you add three pounds, you have a great year, you add three pounds of muscle, like that's an extra 15 calories a day that you're burning. Yeah. You you don't spend all those calories at once now. I know, absolutely. Um, cool. So is that everything? Is the second it? half of that question? Oh, again? second second half was. Um, so, am I always going to have to be on these calories, or, or am I always going to have to go to these kind of calories that I am eating in order to lose body fat, or do I need to increase, or in order to eat more, do I need to increase my activity, increase my steps, etc. So she's already very clued up. She's a doctor, so she does know what she's talking about. Oh, um, right. So, well, she's kind of exactly right as well. Yeah. It's going to be based on your energy levels. Um, yeah. Right now you're in a deficit, so will you always need to eat that many calories? No. Because you don't always want to be losing body fat, especially yeah. if you're not, if you're, not, you're successful at losing body fat. You know, there will become a point where we want to increase your calories to maintenance level that maintenance level for you is going to depend on activity level during the day how how much exercise you're doing to a very very small extent how much muscle mass you have yeah um things like that so i wouldn't worry that you need to be on these probably what feels to you maybe quite low calories at the moment because we put you in a deficit because we want to see body fat losses so you will be moved back up to a maintenance level, which 
might not be that much more than what you're currently on, unfortunately. But, yeah. you know, if you're a woman who's fairly petite, doesn't have a particularly active job, um, then unfortunately those are your energy demands. And if you want to maintain your weight, you have to stick to your energy demands. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Kapow. Done. That's how we're now going to end every podcast. <laughs> right. So I will post this up in the group and any questions, please ask below. Great. Okay, guys. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye-bye.